0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: get too excited here. All right, calm down. Hello! Jeez. Welcome. Ha <laughs> ha. It's January 6th, a most consequential day in American history that has really just begun, and God knows what we are going to be subjected to uh before it it ends. Uh we have some idea And uh, it ain't going to necessarily be a pretty sight, but we do know the beginning um, has been pretty awesome. And uh, I don't want to get ahead just in case, you know, I just, you know me, the eternal pessimist, but the votes that are still out are from pretty Democratic areas and they've started counting again there's just a few percent of votes out and it looks like uh, the democrat john ossoff is going to uh, prevail as uh, his cohort uh, reverend raphael warnock prevailed uh, earlier this this morning you know it it strikes me i mean it's just amazing and i i I really i want to thank donald trump and Josh Howley and Ted Cruz. I want to thank all those people and the other seditious, crazy folks in the GOP for giving us this victory. I have little doubt that if they had comported themselves in even a slightly honorable fashion, that Georgia would have done what Georgia generally does do, especially in runoff elections, and that would be to at least split this vote. I, I, I went to bed. I refused to watch last night because, you know, they take something that is so consequential. I'm going to use that word a lot today. They being the media, cable news. Take something like this election and the counting of the votes, and of course, they play it in as dramatic a fact fashion as they can, and you can't help if you watch but be sucked in. So with each new batch of votes that come your your heart beats a little quicker your stomach drops as a you know bunch of republican votes come in um and things narrow or things start pulling away and and it's it occurred to me as i started to watch that this was an exercise in simply raising my blood pressure making me a wreck and i would know No more than I would if I just went to bed, really, and learned the result in the morning, which is what I did. I must admit, I woke up earlier than usual (laughs) and with pounding heart checked and was blown away uh you know i don't know i'm there's not an optimistic bone in my body, so this one's for the optimists, and uh I just can't believe it Wow so um you know lots of thoughts uh mostly the the incredible joy I feel in the misery of Mitch McConnell, because what happened yesterday in Georgia was he was kicked to the curb. He still will have a great deal of power as the minority leader, and because he knows how to play the game so well, and it'll be a 50-50 Senate, but he will not have anywhere near the power he has had For the last four years, he will not be able to abuse that power. Thank God. And, you know, you wonder about the, I don't know, my head's going in a million directions, so excuse me if I'm not getting to what's on your mind at the moment, but probably uh you know stumble over there bef- before it's over um, you wonder uh how long the republican party which i think is 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 gone as i said yesterday it is the trump party and um there's no doubt about that it 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 has been destroyed and the only thing to be done it is not a it is not a party that believes in democracy now it is not it is a party that is uh you know very comfortable with autocracy and um it is a party that is by its very nature and by its actions undemocratic and un-american so if you were a republican Uh, of an older iteration, and you just couldn't imagine not being a Republican anymore. I really think you've got to do that, and I think the very few Republicans who, who have not become bootlickers and truth deniers and democracy defiers Uh, they need to form their own party. Now, granted, initially it, it would be small, but they need to do it. And I said that yesterday. And Tom Friedman said it today in his column. And he makes very clear that that is the only path forward, that the Republican Party that we have known since Abraham Lincoln is gone. Tom Friedman says for America to be healthy again, decent Republicans, elected Republicans, corporate Republicans need to break away from this unprincipled Trump GOP and start their own party. It is urgent he says. And he says they need to do it now so that they form a little caucus in the current, in what will be the next Congress. And in that way, they can be very powerful, even though they're a minority, because they can compromise with Democrats. They can help move things forward. They can make our government, a government again, with just a few of them breaking away from the party and forming their own. I'm not holding my breath. I don't think Tom Friedman is either. But that's what needs to be done because you need to, I'll use Friedman's words, it is the only way America can come together. We must isolate, pull away from this discredited Republican Party, Trump Party of what Friedman calls crackpots and sleazebags. Not like him to use words like that. And he said, can we imagine? And it's true. In a few days when all of this is over and Joe Biden is uh, sworn in, are we really just going to go back to pretending uh, things are okay after we are still in the middle of watching one of the two major parties attempt a
2: legislative
1: coup? How do how do we just as I think Susan said yesterday, you know, it's like a, a steaming dump in the middle of the living room. We're just gonna pretend it's not there. this is a party that is a cult of personality now remember they didn't even have a platform this year because you can't it's whatever trump tweets at any given moment that's their platform as friedman says when any party stops thinking and and stops drawing any red lines around a leader as unethical as Trump, he's just going to keep taking it deeper and deeper into the abyss, right up to the gates of hell, where it
2: is now.
1: And the one thing he came up with that I think is uh, brilliant And this is where we, the people, come in. He says Americans, decent Americans of all stripes, must keep fighting. Not only to urge principled Republicans to acknowledge reality that their party is gone. And to form a new one that can have amazing power. I want to repeat that for a small party because they already would have people in the Senate and in the House. And that gives them the ability, almost like in a parliamentary system, to have a great deal of power regarding legislation, what gets through, what doesn't. But the other idea he has that I think is brilliant is he said the people, we the people, need to make sure that every Republican who took part in this attempted coup, and that means two-thirds of the current House Republican
2: contingent,
1: and a whole mess of senators as well, that they need to pay the price now, how do you do that he suggests that shareholders of every major american corporation should immediately start pressuring all of these huge companies political action committees that they must bar any contributions to anyone who participated in this attempted coup it's certainly something that is worth trying and shows that the battle has just begun and people need to pay? God almighty. Okay. Another scary thing uh, that's happening today is of course these uh, MAGA uh, thugs and uh, sheep in uh, Washington, D.C. And they are already there. They are already listening to speakers, many of whom are spouting insurrection. One guy through a megaphone was screaming that he was coming back on January 20th and he was gonna be armed because he said, I'm willing to die for my country. This is met by applause, of course, and cheers of defiance from these sheep that have been whipped up into an, into a, a mob. We've already seen some tangle with uh, D.C. cops. I I really um, hate to think what could happen today. The president is due to speak to the rabble uh, at 11 a.m. And God knows what he will do to whip them up into a froth. And um, I, I just... I I think, excuse me, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Today is going to be frightening. And I must say, somebody who um, generally has gotten out of the habit of staying staying glued, God, I'm sorry, my phone is going nuts. Jeez, stop it. God damn. I hate these things. Okay, I got it. So... Yes, Ellen. Ellen has just said something that yes and I have. I've wrote her name down here so I would. She says shout out to Stacy Abrams and Margaret has said the same thing. You know what I was thinking, I was still lying in bed this morning, wouldn't she be wouldn't she be the one that we should have leading the Democratic Party? Head of the Democratic Party? She's obviously a born organizer. What happened in Georgia happened because she and a whole slew of others, mostly I might add women and mostly black women, have been doing hard, thankless work
2: for a decade.
1: They played the long game. They didn't, they didn't do what Americans, including me and you, always do, which is expect immediate gratification, right? They played a long game, and it
2: paid off today.
1: Stacey Abrams, God bless her. I saw somebody say that what she pulled off, all this work that led to the Democrats getting control of the Senate and the demotion of Mitch McConnell, makes her right there one of the most consequential women in American political history. And Ellen has a strange take on it. She says she and her husband were thinking about this and were thinking that if Stacey Abrams had won the governorship of Georgia, this might not have happened. If she were the governor, Trump probably would have won Georgia, would have run against her, and none of these Senate races would have been in play. That's probably true. Uh, Allison says she's not an optimist either, but I cautiously think uh, we got a trifecta here: Warnock w- wins, Ossoff probable win, and Scotland has said they won't let Trump into the country. <laughs> the White House, by the way, since since that statement was made by the by the head of Scotland, that woman Sturgeon, her name is. Um, saying he was not welcome there and they wouldn't, he wouldn't be allowed simply because of his um, of the COVID requirements. Um, And he's not an essential person. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. The White House is now saying he had no intention of going to Scotland. Yeah. Right. Well, I was opining to a friend the other day, you know, once he is no longer the president, I would not be shocked, I really, I would not be shocked
2: if he did
1: end up fleeing the country.
2: And I'm thinking,
1: who would want him? Putin. Wouldn't it be something if the last chapter is Donald Trump? lives out the rest of his life
2: in Russia.
1: Chuck writes, there is no doubt that we have at least one reason for celebration this morning, but let's not think for a moment. Oh, God, that's so true. That the job is done. When I thought that I should start the show with happy days are here again, I did initially think I would do the Barbara Streisand version because it's so melancholy, you know. She sings it like a, a dirge, and so I listened to it, and it was just too much a dirge for my my <laughs> for for my feeling of uh, you know of joy that I'm feeling for this astonishing uh, victory, and thought we should be able to enjoy it, but. I thought that, yeah, we definitely have to keep our heads because the enemy here, and I'm done saying our opponents, the Republican Party, as George Wills said in his column yesterday, is not the opponents of the Democrats. They are a clear and present danger to the democracy and to our nation. They are the enemy. They are the enemy. And there is no equivalence now between the two parties. We have one and only one functioning party that abides by the traditions and rules that have served our country relatively well in its short life. And then
2: you have these traitors, the Republican Party.
1: Chuck writes, Democrats effectively have only about 18 months to push through their agenda, and then we'll find ourselves in the midst of a midterm election. And we can't afford to lose these majorities in the midterms, yeah. Democrats also do not have a super majority in the Senate, which is required for the big ticket agenda items. Lastly, Chuck is sobering us all up. I'd like to remind everyone that local and state elections are just as important. Yes, well case in point, he points to the uh, circus that happened in Harrisburg uh, yesterday. And if you don't know about that, it was a case of the Republican party in control of our state legislature, shamefully refusing to seat and swear in a Democrat who had won his election, Jim Brewster, because they still think he didn't. It doesn't matter, the vote was certified. Stephen Caruso, who covers the horror in Harrisburg, at great uh, risk to his own mental health, I think, will will join us in about uh, 15 minutes to talk about what happened. It's, it's unbelievable. Or not. It's not. Because the Pennsylvania Republican Party is about as insane as they come. And there are few outliers in it. And one is Patrick Toomey, and another is this Brian Fitzgerald who is in the um is the only one of the Republican congressional uh group that didn't join in this sedition so
2: wow a lot of work to do i don't know if you saw the um Hang
1: on. I wanna see what's I actually am doing something today that I've never done while doing the show. And that is I've got my television on just to make sure I don't miss some breaking thing. Um they feel the vote will be uh will be finished up by around lunchtime, and Trump might be finished up by about lunchtime and will have uh, sent his minions out into the streets to trash uh, the nation's capital, who knows. We'll find out. Um, I don't know if you saw this video, but I did and I was, I I, I just, these people are so dangerous. Mitt Romney, who I have very mixed feelings about. Mitt Romney boarded a flight in, I believe, in Utah, where he lives, uh, yesterday. And while he was waiting for his flight to board, he was heckled by other people in the waiting area who also were flying to D.C. to be part of this Trump mob today and the video is from the plane itself
2: when everyone's on the plane some woman starts screaming
1: that he's a traitor and she gets joined by a chorus on that plane And they go on for well over a minute, traitor, 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 and start screaming things at him. This is what we've come to. The traitors. The traitors (laughs) calling one of the few honorable men in what used to be the Republican Party calling him a traitor.
2: Extraordinary.
1: Oh, Lordy. I also came upon a um, quote. God Almighty. (laughs) Came upon a quote. God bless people who who like hang on to this kind of thing, knowing it'll come in useful or who search for it on Google and come up with these gems. It is a a quote from Lindsey Graham. And it's a statement he made in May of 2016. This is when he was still a never-Trumper. And in May of 2016, Lindsey Graham said this to his fellow Republicans. If we nominate Trump, we will get destroyed and we will deserve it. Now, I'm assuming he meant we will get destroyed in the election. And that turned out not to be true. In fact, selling their soul, selling their souls to Trump, initially got them quite a bit. And a lot of it is going to plague us for generations. And that is they got the judiciary they wanted and they got the money, the tax breaks they wanted, and they eviscerated all the regulations. Today, he just uh, eviscerated another one, another, Trump gave a great gift to the oil and gas industry um, and allowed them to kill more and more wildlife and birds especially. They can't kill enough. They just can't kill enough. Because cash, cold cash, trumps life for this party
2: that thinks they're pro-life. So, yeah,
1: Lindsay was wrong initially. No, Trump did not destroy the party. At least it didn't appear that he destroyed the party. But he did. But he did. He has done it. It doesn't exist in any way that it should be granted any respect because it is, in fact, a party of traitors. And if you think about it, In the four years since 2016, while the Republicans might have gotten, by selling their souls, the things I just noted, the reality is, is that four years later, they have lost
2: the White House.
1: It appears they have lost the Senate and the Democrats hold power in two of the three branches of government. So in that regard, Lindsey Graham was correct. If we nominate him, we will get destroyed, and we will deserve it. And how odd it is that Lindsey Graham and so many
2: others what calculation did they make to sell their souls?
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unmasked. Unmasked. Strange that that word with so much meaning to it in these times is the proper word for what Trump has done to the Republican Party.
2: He has unmasked it. So,
1: you know, I keep the biblical phrase that keeps popping into my head and I'm no Bible scholar, so I don't even know where it comes from, but it just keeps in my head Um, for the last few days, and it is that the Republicans have reaped the whirlwind.
2: They made
1: a calculation. They made a choice. And they've reaped the whirlwind. Unfortunately, they took the country with them So we are now in the whirlwind ourselves. But that is what they did. And again, I will say, they cannot ever, ever be forgiven. Ever. Now, I don't know how we in Pennsylvania are going to manage to get control of our state government from this seditious party because in their power, they have, of course, you know, managed to gerrymander and pretty much lock in seats. Granted, our Supreme Court put a little bit of a dent in that uh, recently, but we somehow have got to pay attention, I think, as Chuck suggested, to uh the state level. These seditious anti Democrats and I use the word democrat in the not in the party sense, they cannot be allowed to continue to wield power over us okay i don't know i haven't if any i haven't seen a timeline of when this joint session is going to begin and when these clowns these traitorous clowns are going to start their um their show Playing to the, playing to the Trump crowd, um, because uh, they can create a situation where literally this will go on all day. If they object to, you know, six states, um, then after each objection the part, the uh the houses and senate retire and can argue for up to 2 hours that's for each one so i'm sort of wondering how this is going to uh to play out today um, i can't imagine and i can't imagine what uh donald trump is going to be saying to that crowd
2: will it be his last
1: crowd will it i mean what reason does he have to have any more rallies any more crowds is this the swan song where he whips them up into a murderous fervor i don't know but uh, we'll find out, I guess, soon enough. Um, I I mentioned um, a few times that, you know, the threat to our democracy is such that, I said years ago, all you have to do is listen to uh, Holocaust survivors, people who live through this kind of thing and know how dangerous it can be. And I came upon another Holocaust survivor. Um, and she's not talking about this. She's talking about the pandemic and the loss of freedom. And like the the other Holocaust survivor in Belgium that was playing the piano out his window for people to enjoy, who told his neighbors, y- you have so much more freedom uh, and you don't have the constant terror that we had, you know, so don't get too down in the dumps, guys. And this woman said the same. Uh she spent her uh adolescence in a barn, uh in a little stall with her grandmother, her parents, an aunt and an uncle and three other children. They could barely move. Two years. They lived with mice, rats, lice, but she always felt that every day they survived was a miracle and that she was a miracle. A miracle child, she survived. Even though for those years, she couldn't speak out loud. She couldn't laugh. She couldn't cry for fear of being found. And here's what she says now. Now, I feel freedom. I stay by the window and look out. The first thing I do in the morning is look out. See the world. I am alive. I have food. I can go for a walk. And then I remember no one wants to kill me. So I read. I cook a bit.
2: I do puzzles. I'm alive.
1: Henry writes, certainly we have found some joy today in Georgia, but the folks in Los Angeles might not be joining in the celebration. Yesterday we saw the single highest one day death count since this all began. And in Los Angeles County, they are asking EMTs to not transport patients having no hope of survival to the hospital. Henry says, I cannot imagine these EMTs having to make that decision. Can you imagine having to tell people who have called to take a loved one to care, for help, that they can't. Henry says, never has a Senate majority been so important. It will give us the boost we need to at least address this pandemic. You would think. You would think. And understand how the moderates in both houses will be the power a guy a senator like manchin will have more power right and those republicans like romney will have more power in that their their ability to move into a slim majority vote yeah uh will be so incredibly important So the consequential day continues. I see, as I look, I'm, I'm never going to do this again because it does distract me. As I look at the screen, I don't believe there's been any change in, in the voting count for John Ossoff. Hey, stop and think about this. Of the four people running yesterday in that election, one woman, three men, Three white people, one black. It was the black man who got the most votes. (laughs) In Georgia, he got the most votes. And if Ossoff continues to win, Georgia. And by the way, the first state that was in the Confederacy to send a black person to, is that true? Maybe it's true just for the Democrats to send a black person to the uh, Senate. I don't know. I think Stephen Caruso is uh, is joining us now. Stephen, <laughs> Lynn, how are you? I'm I'm blah 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 blah. I am a you know a, a cornucopia of of emotion today. There is <laughs> just so much going on and um i have been uh i have been berating uh the republican party in the most of this show so far and um and i i would like to continue to do so but a little closer to home because what the republicans pulled in harrisburg yesterday at what again was supposed to be like today in washington a pretty pro forma kind of a thing where people come who've who've won the election and they're sworn in right that's what was supposed to happen yesterday
0: yeah uh, well so yeah what happens is you know there's sort of this like you said pro forma ceremony where uh every year uh or not every year every other year when results are in uh these electoral bodies meet they sort of just read off the results a clerk or like a member will be designated to do it and everybody you know puts their hand on a written document doesn't have to be a bible you hold up your hand and you you know a judge says you will uphold the pennsylvania constitution everybody says yes i do and then they're sworn in uh and that's not what we saw uh yesterday uh, at least in the senate uh because there's this one disputed uh election that republicans are disputing um it's the Jim Brewster, Allegheny County and Westmoreland County zone. He represents like McKeesport, Monroe, uh, Monroeville, and uh, what right. would it be, like up to New Kensington. He's been yeah. there for, I think, a couple of terms at this point, and he won by 69 votes. It was a sweeter. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that's because of a you know, federal judge, uh, a uh, state ruling that said that ballots that didn't have dates will be counted. Uh this is what I believe it was an Allegheny County ballot specifically. And uh, you know, the, the rate I think the race was really tied at one point. And we're talking, I want to say there was thirty, forty, fifty thousand votes, probably more than that cast in this election. And it was tied. And then finally, you know, they say the Supreme Court makes this ruling and Brewster wins by sixty-nine votes. Yeah. Now his opponent, Nicole Ziccarelli, the Republican, uh you know had been filing these appeals to keep those ballots from being counted now with all of her state options exhausted, she's in federal court, and she also petitioned the Senate itself to delay swearing uh, delay the swearing in so uh you know there's some precedent for the bodies to sort of self regulate and like what you, we saw in the Senate back I think it was in the nineties, there was a case where the Senate like didn't certify the election of one of its own. I mean even the Congress can do this and like not certify like say we're not accepting our election here. But usually that happens when there's definitive proof of voter fraud. Like the case in the nineties in the Pennsylvania Senate was, if I am not mistaken, it was the case of a Philadelphia election where someone was literally found by a federal judge to have stuffed the ballot box. <laughs> like literally <laughs> ballot stuffing.
1: Yeah. And there's no and indication there's no of, of fraud here at all. She's not even charging fraud. She's not. Yeah, she just exactly. disagrees that those ballots that didn't have a date on them should uh, have been counted. But Correct. it's been certified. That It's certified. They, they're they not there yeah. to uh, override that certification. So there's the, you know, a this, certain level of lawlessness occurring on the Senate floor
0: yesterday. I mean, in terms of, I mean, it was a, uh, as someone in the press room, it, it was funny, I could hear out of one ear the house, which was sort of the Pennsylvania house, which is just kind of calmly going through their swearing in. In the other ear, um, I heard just a bunch of uh, male voices yelling at each other over yeah. the process. Uh, and, you know, it was, it, it was, a, 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 we kind of saw this, a preview of this in June, well, June of 2019. If you remember the debate over general assistance, the cash program for People uh, with disabilities, uh, women suffering domestic abuse. There was a small cash program for them that was cut by the Republicans, yeah. and there was a big bruhaha where like the rules were discarded. So there's a debate on it and yada oh, yada. Right. The point is, this happened again with like not uh you know a social program at stake, but a Senate seat. I'll let your listeners decide which is more important. But either way, yeah, kind of rules went out the window. I think everybody admit that, but it's sort of a uh, question of you know. As you said, I mean, they were, they're kind of fighting over, should we like accept a certified election result? Um, Republicans, oh, oh, Stephen, are, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: they're big on law and order, right? And what we had yesterday was disorder and dubious legal shenanigans by this party of law and order. Because they didn't, and it's not as though they don't have the majority, right? Oh yeah, the the this, I mean, this, if this they seat, seat uh, the Democrat. If they seat the Democrat, Brewster, who won, it's mm-hmm. not like they lose power.
2: Yes, Republicans have a majority either way.
1: <sighs> okay, but not only did they do that. But they somehow, my understanding is, is that the Lieutenant Governor is the person who, you know, is the guy with the gavel when this whole thing's going on. He oversees the Senate, right? Yes, yes. Mr. Fetterman. (laughs) How did, what did, they they threw him out? They knocked him aside? how did that happen?
0: So that, that happened in that June debate I mentioned, too, uh, in June 2019. Like, like I think there is some procedural rule by which they can get rid of him if he's not doing his job. I mean, like, I would... Who like, said like he for wasn't me, doing I, I would, his job? Yeah, but who said... Well, because tech, he, he was not... Look, 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 I'm not trying to sort of... I think the, the process debate on the floor is going to just be a process debate about rules and procedures, and I think there's a really long conversation that every Pennsylvania could have about, like, you know, what role do these rules have if the, you know, people, if issues are not addressed? I mean, think think of all the issues that you have probably talked about listeners that have never had a floor vote in Harrisburg. I guess, like, you know, what, what we saw from Republicans is what they've been saying for the past two months, which is that they think that the state courts overstepped. They think the state court said usurped their legislative power, and they're there because this is, Like this, this technically, this ceremony of like, like agreeing that Brewster should be seated is like kind of in their domain. They're trying to assert that power, but they're like over what they think is the courts intervening in the counting of ballots illegally. Well, I know you're, you're like, you're a true journalist.
1: I mean, in that you don't, you know, you don't allow your own opinion to (laughs) ever, ever drives me crazy. But yes you simply report on what is happening but i have to tell you these republicans are shameless and they're out of control at at the state level at uh at the national level and they're going to do a similar stunt today right in dc it's it's really something what are i can't imagine being a democrat in harrisburg in 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 that chamber uh how do they do they ever get anywhere? And how do we get a democratic majority?
0: Ooh. uh better minds than me have been trying on that last question for the last decade and haven't really gone anywhere. Uh, oh, I, I think that, so it's, I, I actually, what I would say is, uh, in my experience, look, I haven't been here for the longest time, but last session in June or in June, last June, middle of all the George Floyd protests, mm-hmm. um, about a dozen black legislators took over the Pennsylvania House floor. This is when Mike Terzai is the speaker, and I'm going to assume listeners of the Lynn Cohen show remember Mike Terzai. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's not, uh, he's yeah, not exactly finally. known as like a squishy Republican. <laughs> um, and so these black legislators took over, basically held a Black Lives Matter rally on the floor of the House right before his supposed to discovered and said, we're not moving until you give us votes on some bills that actually impact policing. And they did this for about 40 minutes until they met, like, there there was backroom meetings with, like, uh, Democratic-Republican House leadership. And the the way the House is structured, there's a lot of ways to just stop things from happening, between, like, control of what votes come up from – Like like committee chairs and everybody, all these people have this ability to say no to things. And that protest, though, got Republicans to just go, you know what? Yes. And they got votes on – the biggest was a bill to create this database of police who uh, commit like use of force violations or lie about evidence or all sorts of ethical violations that you probably wouldn't want a police officer doing. And they got a vote on that.
1: Yeah, but they got out of to
0: vote. committee. But did they, did they win? They won. Yeah, no. They, so I'm just saying, it they, they was voted out of committee. It went through the House. It went to the Senate. It went to the governor. There was not a single no vote, and it all happened basically because that protest forced the hand of Mike Terzai. So I guess that's also why I I, I tried to like. It's the beginning of a session, and I don't want to bore your listeners or process, but so much of what happens in Harrisburg is justified with or predicated around this idea of like process, process, process. But like the most tends to happen when some people kind of ignore the process or just like, like you know, like it, it's just used as this argument to talk about process instead of talk about policy. And yeah. yeah. I, I guess like what I'm I guess what I wanna say is just like it it's it's kind of good to know that and keep that in mind because I, I, I I'm struggling to come up with exactly what what I think the key is, but just like that that's always gonna happen. But the biggest win for Democrats came when they just kinda said, eh, that's a nice process you got there. We're gonna protest. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good. Well it
1: shows how well, good. You gotta good for them and, and god, process. I would lose my mind. It's process that makes somebody like me lose my mind. It's process that like Mitch McConnell was such a master of. And yeah, people who have this, you know, understand all these little, you know, ins and outs and ways to impede or, or, you know, shove, shove under the rug things. I mean, it's just, and they make the laws, they make those procedural rules, right? So they, they passed they, them. I mean, yeah, they yeah. passed today or yesterday. So listen, I never even introduced you. It occurred to me. <laughs> and I, uh, I want to introduce this is Stephen Caruso. He covers the horrors of Harrisburg um, for uh, the Capital Star. Is that right? Yes, yeah, Pennsylvania Capital Star. Pennsylvania Capital Star, and uh, yeah. You're becoming a star in your own right. I see your stuff all over the place, and he he started his amazing career as my producer. Very true. Well, that's not true. You started at the you ah.
0: uh, pit newspaper, right? Uh, uh, wow. Yes. I, I mean, I did, and then and then I had a pit stuff as your producer and the freelance <laughs> game and. Here I am now, uh, and you breaking are. in the big bucks in Harrisburg. <laughs>
1: well, you you were meant to be a good old-time uh, journalist. You really are. And it's good to see that uh, there's real journalists still coming out. You enemy of the people.
0: Very proud of that title, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's always good to hear your voice and to know you're doing well and thank you for helping us uh understand if not accept the shenanigans uh in in Harrisburg. Got
0: Always almighty. happy to. Uh okay. always, always always happy to explain the 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 fun of Harrisburg anyway.
1: <laughs> explain the unexplainable is
0: really what it is. <laughs>
1: Hey, thanks, Stephen.
0: Thanks, Lynn. Have a nice day. You too.
1: Bye. Goodbye. So uh, the the horrible president of the United States is going to uh, be speaking to the lunatics soon. Um, Thank you, Chuck. Chuck has the timeline. Um, The joint session of Congress uh, does not begin until 1 o'clock. So um, nothing's happening there. The morning is to the uh, the counters, the people tabulating in Georgia. I want to uh, uh, say I'm sorry. There was apparently a caller I missed. I'm I'm so sorry. Dang it. You know, (laughs) I don't think I'm a real good multitasker. I think I'm really good at focusing and. Focusing is not a skill that um, evolution, at least to me, it seems that evolution is going to uh, be kind to uh, in humans. Uh, it seems that we are evolving into a species that that does a lot, of, you know, has a lot of things coming into our heads um, very quickly. And we're supposed to somehow juggle that, as opposed to simply being. Wait a minute, is that a, as opposed to? I'm sorry. See, here's what is a case in point. I I, I just got a, a text. Um, <laughs> and and um, oh God, I don't know. So guys. I have to tell you, I never expected um, this Georgia result, and it has. I know we shouldn't get head over heels, because uh, you still got the filibuster, you still got Mitch McConnell, you, in the in a position of some some power, obviously. Although he's as I mentioned yesterday, he has in the last uh, week has shown that he. The power he used to have over over the Republicans in the Senate has uh definitely uh, gone away. They ain't listening to him he didn't want this stunt that's happening today so um you've got a fractured truly fractured Republican party, mostly trump party. And a little bit of Republicans in denial who don't realize that their party is gone. And I'm sorry, I'm going to return to that. The Republican Party is gone. It has become a party of of Trump. It is a personality cult. It is authoritarian and it is anti-democratic in every way. And it's really sad that a party whose first president was Abraham Lincoln, arguably the greatest man to ever hold that position. And it ends with Donald Trump, inarguably the worst president. In American history, so that be it. Um, Thank you all, and I'm I'm sorry for whatever might have been the slightly distracted nature of my uh, my performance today, um, because I was distracted. Going to be an interesting day, and guess what? We can talk about it tomorrow. (laughs) I'm excited about that. All right, guys, hang in there. See you tomorrow.
0: Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host, and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.